0: She said, I was talking about, you know, sometimes girls can be petty. And she said to me, hey, hold on. She said, that was all in you before God took it out and put it in us. We, we can kind of hold that against you. <laughs> I said, you got me there. Uh, that was funny. Um, the weather's beautiful, isn't it? We've been preaching on this series in Revelations. And um, so I'm, I've been kind of driving at a point, but I, I guess I've been taking it a little bit slower. But the book of Revelation is an amazing book. Amen. 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 It's, it's Revelation, it means the unveiling. Amen. So in it is the unveiling of the plan of God. Right. Amen. Right. So we can see that all the law and the prophets, the Bible said, pentacled at the day of John. Amen. And then, um, if you can, open up your Bibles to Revelations 1. And you may be seated because we'll, we'll take a little bit. Uh, all of the gospel, the Bible says, or all the law and the prophets pentacled at John. And if we don't have a clear perspective of who and what we are, we live beneath our privileges. And living beneath your privileges is a very, very sad thing. Amen? Because if a person... Uh, never comes into their full potential, then it's pitiful. Amen? But we like to see the, procre- the progression of children and individuals as a person. They might take a new job and a new position and they feel slightly underneath of it. But as they start to fit into the role, then they start accumulating the powers or the responsibilities that come with that position. And after a while, they become that. Amen? Young couples, they'll, they'll get married and they're not exactly sure what they should do. But after a while, I tell Dave and Amanda, you guys are old married couples now. You know? You, you see them start settling into the roles. Amen? But if somebody lives beneath their role or their privileges, it's pitiful. They never even, you, you see people that been married 20 years, and they never really act like they're one. He's pulling one direction; she's pulling another. It's just—it's pitiful. Amen. Those two shall be one, and and they move in one mind, one spirit, and they bond. Amen. They bond in the natural; they bond in the the uh, bond in the physical, but they also bond in the spiritual, and then their mind they become one. So we want to live as a Christian to our full potential. First, we have to recognize what is our potential. Christ said this, trying to give them a perspective of what you are, or what you are. He said this, All the law and the prophets. Amen? When they came and John, and they asked about John. Who is John and what is he? John the Baptist that introduced Christ. And then Christ said, What did you go out to see? A prophet? I say unto you, more than a prophet. It's John. Because he was the forerunner. The one that blew the trumpet. Before every king arrives on the scene. Before every king goes to a city. There's ambassadors that go ahead of him. Make sure everything's set. You don't want a, a, a king coming into a city and somebody saying, Who's that guy? What's going on? Why, why, why is the traffic jams? What's all the what's all the hubbub about, bub? <laughs> but they would wonder. So they send ambassadors. Immediately they go to the highest officials. They tell them the king or the president or somebody's coming, important. You know, so everybody that's taking off work make sure they don't. You know, and and make sure all your all your town is looks good and everything's ready to go. Back in the old times they would send a messenger and the messenger would blow the trumpet and he's going out before the king and everybody heard that trumpet they knew the king was coming. So whatever you're doing, if you're a blacksmith, stop blacksmithing. If you're a banker, stop banking. And all of them would leave their shops and they would come out and everybody would line up and all the banners would be set because they heard the trumpet. Well, this is what John was. And Christ was asking the question, what did you go out to see when you went to see John? Did you go out to see just a priest that dressed in fine remnants, soft clothes, that kisses the babies and marries the young and buries the old? Is that what you went to see? Because that wasn't John. John was, he was in the wilderness. And that's where he lived and John lived on locusts. And wild honey, the Bible says, and he wrapped himself with camel hair. And he was crude in his manner, but he was bold in his speech. And he said, what did you go out to see when you went to see John? Did you go to see somebody dressed in soft remnants? Not John. He said, but did you go to see a prophet? I say unto you, more than a prophet was John. He was the angel of the covenant, the messenger. And then he also said that all the law and the prophets, I mean, they were stacking, they were building, they were, they were mounting to something, they were heading towards something. Amen? From the time the very first prophecy went out of God's mouth in the Garden of Eden, when he said, Thy seed shall crush the serpent's head. Talking about the forecoming Christ. And then Abel prophesied when he offered the Lamb of God and laid his blood on the altar. And then God said to Cain after he killed his brother, your brother's blood cries from the earth. And one prophecy after another, it wasn't linear. It was building. And all the prophets that came forth, they were building upon the previous messages. And the previous prophets. And Christ gave this accolation when he said, All the prophets, the law and the prophets, they pentacled at John. Amen? They pentacled at John. So, see how high we are? You're like, That's great. John, all of it was mounting up, and John stood at the pentacle of it more than all the prophets, was John. He said, not a man born of a woman to this day has broke the womb that struck this earth greater than John. Now, we up here, everybody, you're up here with this message that Christ is talking about. We see John is great, right? John was the hinging point between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Testament, Testament means covenant, Old Testament, New Testament. John literally was the breach. John stood between the two, one hand on one, one hand on the other, marrying the two. Amen? But you would think it's like this, this is the way we think. Old covenant, new covenant. But Christ drew a new picture. John was the hinging point in all the law of the prophets pentacled at John. And nobody born of a woman has been great as John. But then listen to what he says. But I say unto you, he that is the very least in this new covenant, the very weakest Christian that falls on his face every day, That's completely discouraged, lives in discouragement. Barely keeps himself going. Believes in one-tenth of his prayers. Yeah, that Christian. Saved today, not saved tomorrow. I'm back on track today, guys. And then he's discouraged the next day. Yeah, that Christian. We all know him. He said, but he that is the weakest in the new covenant is greater than John. And you think, wow. Then my question is, where are you? Right. The law and the prophets longed to see this day, died to see this day. So my thought is living beneath your privileges if you live beneath your privileges, you'll get the glory one day and realize, I lived in such defeat and there was no need in it. I lived in such discouragement and it was all useless. You say, what did I have to do? By the invitation to come, and to the new covenant, granted me to glory above my wildest imaginations. And all I had to do was take advantage of the privileges that have been extended to me. By what? By grace. And there is such thing as some people being a little bit more privileged than others. Many things give you privileges in this life. Somebody may be born into money, so they don't know poverty. Privileges. Somebody born just a little bit more intelligent than other people. Privileges. They're more privileged than the other. But all these things are temporary, the Bible tells us. And no matter if you lived a life of ease every day of your life, Or if you lived a day, every day of your life struggling in a war-torn country. Fatherless, homeless, abused. It's temporary. It doesn't mean anything. Amen? Because it's not to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed in us at His appearing. Amen. Because at that day we will know ourselves as he knows us. That's right. So that's actually our struggle. Lord, see, let me see me where I am. And one of the greatest things Christ says, I'll say this and we'll dive into this service. Christ said. All the things that the heathens, the unbeliever, the person that the grave is the end, they feel like they're here today and gone tomorrow, and what was it all for? That person. All the things the heathens seek after. What shall we eat? What shall we wear? Wherewith shall we be clothed? You know the, where, where we live nowadays, what we shall drive? You get it. All the things we love. He said, and all these things will be added unto you. Now you marry that scripture with when Christ said, whosoever is not willing, whosoever will cling to his own life, in this life, shall lose it in this life. Amen? And in the life to come. And whosoever loses his life for my sake, and the gospel will gain it in this life and in the life to come. You say, why? Because you have to lose your perspective that you may find Christ's perspective. Let me give you an analogy and then we're gonna jump in and dive into the service. If a person, let's say he's a brick mason, stonemason, and his father's 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 father was a stonemason, and he wants to be a stonemason so bad. And he's trying, and it doesn't work. And and, and the business, he's got a little bit of talents, but he wants to be better. And he begs God to bless me. And and no blessings come. His business fails. He goes bankrupt. He tries over and over again. But he's clinging to it. Mm -hmm. But in his mind, he wants to be this. But in God's mind, God may have made that man a banker. And you've got to let go of those ideas. It's such a contrary life. You know what I mean? And if you cling to your ideas in this life, you will go down into misery trying to achieve them. But the moment he says, Lord, I've tried. I've struggled and I've tried and I've begged and I've pleaded and I've weeped and I'm done. Wherever you lead me, Lord, I will follow. And as Christians, we can only follow in the doors He opens, in the places He blesses. The Apostle Paul tried with the Jews. God never blessed. He never opened a door. Paul tried and tried and tried. And God, Paul just had a casual mention to a Gentile. And to the Gentile churches in it, door after door after door after door opened. He just started walking through them. Not from his own will, but from what God had blessed. And that's what we do in this life. We what? We walk by faith. We walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen? So God puts us way up on high and says he that's weakest in the kingdom is greater than all of the prophets. Amen. The little kid that gets saved, that's struggling to be a Christian, and wearing a "Jesus loves you" band—that was big to him to school. I mean, he's—he's he's being so bold. He <laughs> never say it with his mouth, but hopefully that gets it across. But he's stronger than Isaiah, Jeremiah, greater than David, greater than Ezekiel, and all the rest. So you see, the gospel has a plan. It's building. Right. Amen. And when Christ walks out, he says to John, All the prophets or all the apostles are dead. The church is about to go into the long night. And then John has been exiled to the Isle of Patmos and we get a great picture and John says I was in the Isle of for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and he says I was in the spirit I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and we'll read the fourth verse and John says to the seven churches which are in Asia grace be unto you from Him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the Prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever, Amen. John, give me that first, uh, my first pictures. So, John's on the Isle of Patmos. And the Isle of Patmos is right off the coast of Asia Minor here. And it's a penal colony. And the Lord appears to John and says, John, write and a book, and send it. And he's going to tell him the long night. Amen? And he makes a depiction, and he says, John, write it to these seven churches. Mm -hmm. And what's so amazing is, it was a visual depiction of the long age that was coming. Seven dispensational ages with seven different characteristics. Mm -hmm. And then there would be The Bible says seven spirits of God or actually seven administrations of the spirit that would work in the long night. Amen. It would be seven different messages in which God was beaming out to the churches. Amen. And each one of them would have characteristics and it wasn't to the natural churches because half these churches were just being formed. He wasn't rebuking them, but to them, holding characteristics, that would be to the ages to come. Give me my next slide. Go ahead and go to the next one. In each church, no, go ahead and go back. Each church would be doing something for Christ. Each one of them would have a light that they're burning. And what's so amazing, the Bible depicts Christ as the light of the world. Amen? And in Him was life. And He was the light of man. And that light would shine forward to the human race. Amen? And the Bible, right before it goes into this, it shows Christ walking in amongst them. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Amen? Because from the time of Calvary, it started out on the high point. The church would plunge into darkness. And she would live all the way through that darkness. And somewhere she would start heading back up. Mm -hmm. And right about the time she plateaued back up where she started, Christ would be revealed in his church. Amen. God would be married to his church. And then we would hold a destruction of the ages. Amen. John said this Immediately I was in the Spirit and beheld, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat upon the throne, and he that was to look upon like Jasper. And Sardis stone, which was the first and the last. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. Now you see a throne was set in heaven. And then all the way around the throne was the bow. Amen. It was the covenant. Ezekiel saw this same one. He said, I saw him lifted high above. And be above the firmaments or above the earth. And in between at the bottom... Of the throne was the bow. John looked over and saw the same one standing. And he saw the bow round about. And around the throne was the four and twenty elders. And each one of them were giving crowns. And that bow between the firmaments or between the earth. Showing that God was a covenant God. Every promise that he ever promised in his word. He would keep. Amen. And we see it. He told Noah. After Noah walked out from the ark. And God had destroyed the whole world. He said, Noah, I have set my bow in the sky. As a covenant between me and thee. And between me and the earth. I'll never destroy it again with water. Amen. And every time we look up, we see the bow. But when John and Ezekiel saw the bow, it was a full bow roundabout. The Bible telling us the half has never yet been told. You have no idea what God has in his mind. Amen. He just says, walk. Amen. Walk in the light as I am in the light. Amen. Amen. Do you, listen, every time, do you believe me? Do you trust me? And all the people when they came before Christ, they said, Yea, Lord, I, I believe you, Lord. Right. And some said, Lord, I believe you. You know I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. Help the parts that I don't believe. Right. Christ meeting Peter after his resurrection. He's had bread and fish upon the fire. Peter was a fisherman. And he asked Peter the notable question. Peter, do you love me? More than you love your trade? You've given your whole life for the fish. Do you love me more than the fish? Mm -hmm. That's all he wants to know. All he wants to know. Many people, they live their whole Christian life struggling whether or not they love him more than the world. And if you come past that, Lord, I love you more than anything in this world. God, you've tried me over and over again. And I've let go and it's ripped. It's, it's tore the, my very heart out of me. I've let go of family and friends, Lord. Loved ones. I've let go of everything, Lord. You said in your word, he soever that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom. Is not worthy of the gospel. Amen. And he said, Remember Lot's wife when she was leaving Sodom and the angels were leading them out. He told them, Go, run. The judgments are coming. Don't look back. Amen. Amen. The fire is on your heels. Go, run. Don't look back. And Lot was running. His wife running with him, children in tow. And Lot's wife got halfway up the hill and they heard the the booms and the the bombs going off, the wails and the crying and the lamenting, Sodom's burning. Halfway up the mountain, she looks back and the Bible says she turns to a pillar of salt. And to this day, There's a huge pillar of salt on that mountain in remembrance of Lot's wife. Amen. That's why he says, go. And he always wants to know. He's getting that question across to you. You'll you'll find that same question coming up over and over and over again. Love me more than this. You say, well, Brother Stephen, I don't get what it's doing let me ask you a question. The animals, they taken up out of the dirt and they go back down to the dirt. Mm-hmm. And the life that they were given goes back to God. But they were not sentient. Right. They were not from above. Right. There's no different than plant life. Right. Botany life, it stands still and grows. And the mammals start moving across the earth. But when their life goes down, it goes down to the dirt. Right. Yes, we are mammals. But God said inside of you have a soul worth 10 million worlds. You created in my image and that part of you is like me. Right. That part of you is eternal. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And those animals that roam across the earth, all they know is this earth. And one of these days they'll go down to it and their existence is over. Never once throughout all recorded history has one animal ever looked up and praised its Savior and wonder where it came from. Amen? It better run hard because this is all it's got. But in the midst of all of that, there are sons of God that have been scattered throughout the earth right. through space, and time. And then God stands from this side of eternity and just beckons. All that the Father hath given me will come to me and I'll lose none. And Amen. And in the midst of your toil and your struggles, like the deer in the hard winter, can't find any grass or anything to eat. Struggle, struggle, struggle. In that hard winter, the trees that are struggling to keep any life, many of them won't make it. They struggle. The fox, in that hard winter, he's struggling. His ribs are showing. Getting sickly. If he doesn't get something in the next couple days, if he did... No rest for the weary. Hunting constantly. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Looking for a rabbit or something, a mole. and The little rabbit being hunted by all of them. Run, run, run. Struggle. And here we come. Hit a recession or something. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Fight, live in an age where morality is is at a historic low. Sanity is almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. Barriers and structures that you can depend on have been eroded. Run and struggle and struggle. Trying to make a home in a decaying and crumbling world. It's like trying to have a tea party in the middle of a mudslide. (laughs) Amen. in the middle of an avalanche trying to play a band everybody get with the chords in the middle of an avalanche (laughs) I knew Luke would like that and here we are in the middle of this fallen world sliding towards hell trying to find ourselves and live and in the midst of all of that One human after the other, after the other, after the other, come and all they're trying to get is this life. But somewhere in the midst, God has His own children. Mm -hmm. And somewhere, they'll stop and the question will beam to their souls. Aren't you more than this? Aren't you more than Bread and fish. Aren't you more than a new house? New set of clothes? Aren't you more than that car or that retirement? If the grave's the end, you better run hard. You don't have much time. Amen. In the midst of your struggle, don't you have a soul that's worth 10,000 worlds? And Which one would you cling to? And somebody would say, Ah, I've never heard that in my whole life. No voice has ever spoke to me. I feel great. What is he testifying? The grave is the end. Right. Right. But somewhere in the midst, some will act like they're nothing but the animals. They'll look down and others will look up. And God stands at the end of all of our tomorrows and through time, He calls. Whosoever will forsake His life for my sake in the gospel will gain it in this life and then in the life to come. Believe thou this. Amen. Believe thou this. Amen. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. You young people, many things are presented before you. This goes for the old, to do, old saying, but you young, the things you do, the things you say, the clothes you wear, the people you talk to, right. the question should beam to you, does this glorify God? Right. Does this bring honor and glory to Him? Or would Satan have a heyday at what I do? Right. Do you do what the devil would love for you to do? And then justify it. Do you look and act like the world? What? Tats are in. Now all the Christians are going to go get their tats. And then, oh, God's okay. Look, friends, if I was going to sin, I'd just sin. I'm not going to make Him part of my sin. Far be it from me. Lord, I have enough respect for you. Between you and I, I never brought you down to my sin. If I'm going to turn up the bottle and party hard, I'm not going to bring him down to my filth. I know what I am. I'm a weak man. You're high above. You see? Let's not confuse the two. Because if I do what I do, I do it because I want to. And it's my heart's desire. But if I ever get to a point that I need a ladder or a rope to climb out, at least I need one. Know where one's at not to bring my God down into my pit, then I have no way out. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, John said, and I saw Him sitting upon the throne high and lifted up. And before His throne, ushering out of His throne was voices and thundering and lightning. Those voices were the voices of the ministry throughout the ages. The gospel thundering out the lost banging and he said and I heard the voice of many waters flowing from the throne it's the voice of the ministry flowing through the world in the gospel crying to the lost come all ye that are weary come all ye that are hungry and thirst let him come that's God and John said, oh, I fell as a dead man. Right. Amen. I fell as a dead man. And before the throne were the seven spirits of God. That would come in the ages. Amen. Amen. That would burn bright in the darkness. Right. Brother Stephen, where does he burn? God doesn't burn in mystical corners. It said, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are the light of the world. You say, well, Brother Stephen, why did it get so dark? Because the true gospel was snuffed out in the church. It was covered over with so much unbelief. And the the shimmering of the light was so few and far between. In the hearts of the believers, Amen. In the darkest age, the darkest night was down at the last age, the Laodicean age. And you know what his rebuke were was to the Laodicean age. He said, "I have something against you because you say within yourselves." He's talking to the church. You say, "I am rich and increase with goods." I have need of nothing. And I've clothed in fine garments. Talking about the righteousness. We are so religious. We are so revelated. We have so many blessings. God loves us. We can do whatever we want. Hallelujah. He's a doting grandfather. And cares not what we do or say. We'll eat our own food. Drink our own wine. Just let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. We'll live like the world. We'll act like the world. We'll bring the world right into the church. And he said, know it not that you're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, and naked and you don't even know it. Amen. You don't know it, church. I counsel of you. To buy of me. Not of your pastors. Not of your programs. Not of your denomination. But I counsel of you to buy of me. Gold tried in the fire. Gold. Real gospel. That has been put into the tribulations of fire. And you come out pure white as snow. I counsel of you. To buy of me. Gold tried in the fire. Amen. That you have something wherewith to bargain with when you walk through the gates of glory. I counsel of you to come and get from me save to wipe upon your eyes so your, so your blindness will fall off. You can actually see between you and the world. You can see where God is high and lifted up, where the world is low and putrefied, and you see exactly where you stand. You might be in the middle. You might be laying against gates, doors, hell's doors. I counsel of you, amen. Buy of me, I salve so you can see, amen. I counsel, I adjure you. You don't know it. You say you have fine garments, but you're miserable and you're naked. Start naked standing before God and His angels. And you don't even have a narrow wherewithal to be embarrassed. Right. God loves the homosexual. No, He doesn't. He burned Sodom for it. Right. Right. And said, listen, you know what the difference is of a homosexual and an effeminate? We've got this stupid idea that it's okay as long as you're not practicing. No. Wow. The Bible says... An effeminate is a man that's not masculine. Amen. And a homosexual is a practicing effeminate. And it says, no homosexual or effeminate shall enter through the kingdom of heaven. But they say, oh, God loves you. No, he doesn't. He come to seek and save that which was lost. Not all was lost. They were born exactly What they were created to be. But in the midst of the darkness. God had children that were lost. You say. How do you know there are children. When he calls. They will come to the light. Amen. They'll rise up out of the grave. One of these days. He'll blow the trumpet. And all that are his. Will rise up out of the grave. And say. Here am I Lord. Amen. Here am I Lord. What? Here am I. He'll call and we'll answer. You say, how do I know? Because you walk in the light as He is in the light. He calls and I answer. Yes, Lord, I never knew you were displeased with that. But after the preaching of the sermon today, Lord, I found myself wanting. Let me walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen. And He said, I counsel of you. Don't cling to your own remnants, your own righteousness. Religion means covering. Don't cling to your own covering. Because on the day of judgment, you will be filthy and naked. Amen. And she wouldn't do it. It's his own church. She wouldn't counsel of him. And he said, you're a whore. And I'll throw you in a bed of worldliness and destroy you and all of your lovers. Amen. Amen. But he that hath an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, let him come. Amen. Let him come. You may be few and far between, but I counsel of you to buy of me white remnant that your nakedness not appear. Amen. What? What is white remnant? I've dressed myself in the word of his righteousness. Amen. I've... Cling not to my own garments, my own good works. I've clinged and I've wrapped myself in the robes of his righteousness. The Bible says, stand in the water of the word and be washed. Let the word just bathe all over you. But you see some people, as soon as the word hits them, like an old cat. Don't want any of that. You know what I mean? You see them when you preach it. You can preach God loves you, blessings are on the way. Amen, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. I'm going to drink my wine, I'm going to get my tats, hug my homosexuals, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And the moment you preach the word, uh, uh, mm, mm. he said, listen, I have somewhat against you. I would that you were hot, burning hot for the gospel. Preach the word like a house on fire. Stand with the word against all the world. Go down into the flames if need be. Stand at the stake and let them burn my flesh. Amen. I would that you were hot. But if you can't be hot, I would that you were cold as can be. Be my enemy. Be my enemy. I could respect you. You chose your sides, and that I respect. But because, Revelation 3, but because you're not hot or cold, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. Listen, you have a form of godliness, but you deny the word thereof. And because of it, you make me sick to my stomach. No other age did he say about than this age. Right. Right. This age. Look at our churches. When he stares at him, he looks at him and he right. You say, but man, we're packed out. We have so many programs. He's looking for a place to spew you out. That's what he said. I would that you're hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. That's the judgment of this last age. I will spew you out into the tribulation, just bleh, while the tribulations judge it, and the what righteousness of God runs down like rain, and He cries, and all of heaven cries, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Amen. 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 Praise our God that sits on the throne high and lifted up, Amen, Hallelujah. You get, and you say, brethren, this is not to condemn us. We're all found wanting. This is to open our eyes. Let's walk in the light as He is in the light. Let's keep Him high and lift it up. Amen. Musicians, come. Let's keep Him high and lift it up. You say, who is He? He is His Word. Don't take one and leave the other. Don't go, oh, hallelujah, praise God, Amen. Jesus never said nothing about homosexuality, amen, but Paul did, and it's all the word of God, amen, hallelujah, God called me to preach, no he didn't, amen, Paul was just an old woman hater, see, but because you're lukewarm, I spew you out, so then my question is, where does the word condemn you, or did you even need the word? Did you need to be changed by the word? See, that's dressing. I was dressed in the word because I had my own ways, my own ideas, and I was clinging so hard to them. But he pried every little finger loose and said, Cling to this, my child. Amen. And in the midst of my trials, I let go of my own ideas, and I clung to the word. And the Word kept rising higher and higher and higher. And before long, I was so high and lifted up, I could barely see where I used to be. Amen. It just kept taking me higher and higher and higher. And it was changing and transforming. This is what the Apostle Paul said. Be ye transformed. Be ye transformed by the changing of your mind. That you might know what is the perfect will of God. The gospel starts changing and transforming. High and lifted up, brother Nathan. He might reach over and go, let go. Why do you struggle so much? Why do you hang on to that one thing so much? Let it go. It's the thing that's tearing you apart. The moment you let go. Amen. He said, how can you serve God and man at the same time? You will be torn in two. You'll love the one and hate the other, or cling to the one, the world, and despise the other. Amen. It will pull you in two. Make up your mind. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Amen. Choose you this day whom you will serve. That's what's he standing at the edge of the church ages about to plunge into the darkness. And he's wanting the church to know where you're going. And I am the light. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how dark it gets, I am in the midst. Walking back and forth. Walking back and forth. He'll be with you in the darkness. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, I don't mean to preach hard father but I look at the trials that are facing the world and the gospel that we've worked Lord in a small way it's got a beam Lord in our sight it's got to stand before us so bright as the world's requiring a demanding of the bow of the knee or going through the flames father we need to know before the flames come and the requirements is called That you'll be a God in the fire. That you will be the fourth man in there with us, Lord. We need to know this, Lord. Not something we've heard. Not something the preacher said. But you showed me yourself. And mine eyes have beheld and not another. I need to know for myself that you're the fourth man in the fire. Amen. I may not see you now. But the moment I step into the flames, there you are. Amen. There you are. Each one of us need to know that, Lord. This church needs to know that. We ask, Lord, that you make that more of a reality. Speak to us, Lord, on an individual basis. Speak to us out of your word, Father. Help us to conform, Father, to the spirit of the Lord that speaks through the word. We ask in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good.